listening to Hymns Illustrated, where hymns are explored, appreciated, and illustrated through stories, testimonies, and edifying conversation. I'm your host and fellow hymn fan, Kristen Eifeldano. Hello there. I am so glad you are listening in today. And I'm wondering if you are surrounded by snow as you hear the sound of my voice. It is definitely all white outside here in Iowa, but my family and friends in South Carolina and other southern regions got it too this weekend. So it's kind of fun to have that in common at the moment with all of you down south. Of course, I realize by the time I publish this episode, it may already be be melted for you. But snow is so beautiful, and it actually reminds me of the hymn, Whiter Than Snow. I think of it almost every time I see snow. And I remember my grandma saying before that that was one of her favorite hymns. And she also loves In Shady Green Pastures, in case you were wondering. Isn't that special when you think of a hymn or you sing it in church and you have a memory associated with it? Perhaps it was played at a loved one's funeral, or maybe it was at a wedding, your wedding or someone else's wedding, or it was just really meaningful to you at a certain point in your life. There was something in it that God just um, really used to speak to your heart. I remember the hymn, The Haven of Rest, at my dad's funeral, and he had written that in his Bible, saying he wanted it to be sung at his funeral. So it had a special meaning to him. He was a corpsman in the Navy. And so now when I read that hymn, those references to the sea really stand out to me because I know they had a personal meaning for him because of his life experience. If a hymn with a memory attached just came to your mind as I was speaking of it, or it comes to your mind a little bit later, then I am guessing you're going to be pretty interested in what I have to share next. I'm planning on introducing a new segment soon in this podcast, featuring short audio clips of you, my fellow hymn appreciators, simply sharing a hymn title with a phrase or two from the hymn and a sentence or two explaining why that hymn is meaningful to you. My goal for this new segment is just to help us all see the bigger picture of how God uses hymns in the lives of believers as he moves and directs and grows and sanctifies his church. So here's how it will work. Record yourself sharing a hymn title, a hymn quote, and why it's meaningful to you, and then email that to me at kristen at hymnsillustrated.com. I also recommend double-checking the directions that I have posted about at hymnsillustrated.com slash podcast. Your audio should be somewhat brief and include your name, your city, state, or both, whatever you're comfortable with sharing, an optional fact about yourself, the hymn title, the hymn's author, one or two sentence memory associated with that hymn, and then a quote from the hymn. If that sounds like a lot, I assure you it it's not a lot once it is recorded. So here's an example for you. 
Hi, I'm Kristen Eifeldano from Knoxville, Iowa, where I work from home, and my husband is the pastor of a small Baptist church here in town. The Haven of Rest by Henry Gilmore is a meaningful hymn to me because my dad had written the hymn in his Bible, and we sang it at his funeral. He was a Navy corpsman, so the references to the sea had an especially personal meaning to him, and now they have a personal meaning to me. May you be blessed with these words from the hymn. How precious the thought that we all may recline like John, the beloved and blessed, on Jesus' strong arm where no tempest can harm, secure in the haven of rest. All right. Easy as pie, right? So I hope that that was helpful to you and that you will take advantage of this opportunity to publicly apply Colossians 3.16, which commands us to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in our hearts to God. How soon will you hear this segment on the Hymns Illustrated podcast? That is a great question, and it is totally up to how soon you email me your recording following the above example, uh, or the previ- the, just the example I just recorded and, and shared with you for your script. You can also go to hymnsillustrated.com slash podcast for written instructions. Okay, so now let's get moving with the rest of the episode, starting with Remembering our hymn of the month. Our hymn of the month is Robert McChaney's hymn, I Once Was a Stranger, which is sung to the tune of My Jesus, I Love Thee. It's a salvation testimony which features the Hebrew name for God, Jehovah Tzidkenu, and all seven stanzas. Jehovah Tzidkenu means the Lord, our righteousness. And if you would like to read about the hymn, the background, and and get the sheet music for it, you can go over to hymnsillustrated.com and sign up for the Hymn of the Month newsletter, which is at the very top of the page. You will then be redirected to the Hymn of the Month, or HOM, as I lovingly refer to it. To help us remember our hymn for this month, I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. If you have been listening, this is not the first time you've heard me read it to you, but it helps us... um, know what we're talking about, and just cements the truth in our minds. Keep in mind that stanzas one through three are about McChaney's heart and his life before salvation. Stanzas five through seven are about his heart and his life after salvation. And then stanza four, which we are focusing on today, describes the moment when everything changed for McChaney. I once was a stranger to grace and to God. I knew not my danger and felt not my load. Though friends spoke in rapture of Christ on the tree, Jehovah Tzikenu was nothing to me. I oft read with pleasure to soothe or engage Isaiah's wild measure and John's simple page. But e'en when they pictured the blood-sprinkled tree, Jehovah Tzikenu seemed nothing to me. Like tears from the daughters of Zion that roll, I wept when the waters went over his soul, yet thought not that my sins had nailed to the tree. Jehovah Tzikenu, t'was nothing to me. When free grace awoke me by light from on high, then legal fears shook me, I trembled to die. No refuge, no safety in self could I see. Jehovah Tzikenu, my Savior must be. My terrors all vanished before the sweet name. My guilty fears banished with boldness I came to drink at the fountain, life-giving and free. 
Jehovah Tzekenu is all things to me. Jehovah Tzekenu, my treasure and boast. Jehovah Tzekenu, I ne'er can be lost. In thee I shall conquer by flood of my field, my cable, my anchor, my breastplate and shield. Even treading the valley, the shadow of death, this watchword shall rally my faltering breath. For while from life's fever my God sets me free, Jehovah Tzekenu, my death song shall be. Last week we focused on the danger and the load that McChaney wrote about in the very first stanza. He says he didn't know his danger and he didn't feel his load. The danger in a nutshell is the sinner's impending doom of being separated from Christ and hell. It was our danger before we came to know Christ as our Savior. It's not a subject we tend to dwell on a whole lot in our church services, mostly because, or I'm guessing because um, we are mostly all believers in our church, or it's assumed that we are all believers, uh, but it is still good to reflect on that and reflect on the danger that we were saved from, um, and that that will help us understand the magnitude of our salvation. We also see that uh, the weight of the guilt that we carry, that McChaney wrote about, is the debt that we owe, but we can't pay. That all changes in stanza four, which we'll look at a little closer right now. Stanza four is where the change all happens. When free grace awoke me, McChaney writes, by light from on high, then legal fears shook me, I trembled to die. No refuge, no safety in self could I see. Jehovah Tzikenu, my savior must be. McChaney is writing here about the Holy Spirit's work of conviction. Now, the word convict is a translation of the Greek word elencho, and I could be mispronouncing that. It is spelled E-L-E-N-C-H-O, which means to convince someone of the truth, to reprove, to accuse, refute, or cross-examine a witness. So when the Holy Spirit convicts, he is like a prosecuting attorney who exposes sin and convinces people that they need a savior. And that's exactly what he did for McChaney and for all of us before we come to him as our Savior. McChaney goes right along with that legal imagery in his next sentence where he says that legal fears shook him. At that moment, he realized he was guilty before God, his judge, thanks to the Holy Spirit acting as a prosecuting attorney. He didn't just feel guilty. Most people at some time struggle with feelings of guilt. He was guilty, in fact, and now he knew it. But the Holy Spirit didn't stop there, and he doesn't stop there with us and um, with all all sinners um, when he's doing the work of convicting and drawing them to himself. After conviction of sin, the Holy Spirit also shows us the light or the hope we have in Jesus, our righteousness, or Jehovah Tzikenu, as we see throughout our hymn this month. I want to draw your attention to Jesus' words to his disciples in John 16. And when he comes, he's talking about the Holy Spirit here, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. We've already seen how he convicted McChaney of sin. But we rejoice along with McChaney that the Holy Spirit doesn't stop there, leaving us without hope. 
He also convicts us of righteousness and judgment. There is a righteous standard that we are all held to. Despite the world's denial of absolute truth, Jesus points to himself as that standard. Because I go to the Father. There is only one person who came down from heaven, who lived a life of sinless perfection, and then who ascended back to heaven. And that is our intercessor, the Son of Man. John 31, 13, or John 3, 13 uh, says, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Christ is righteousness personified, and no one can measure up to him, according to Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We see evidence of McChaney's conviction of Jesus' righteousness throughout every single stanza of this hymn with the name for God that he chose to use, Jehovah Tzadkenu. And we also see evidence that the Holy Spirit convicted him of his future judgment because he writes, I trembled to die. So he finally knew his burden or his sin. He finally knew his load, which was the judgment he deserved. According to Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he finally knew it was Jehovah Tzadkenu, whose righteousness becomes ours when we finally believe in him personally as our Savior. The Holy Spirit convicts us by and, and draws our souls to Christ to trust in his merit alone, his righteousness alone for our salvation. John 6.44 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. As we reflect on the Holy Spirit's work of conviction that we see beautifully described in Scripture as well as in our hymn of the month, Let's go through the week rejoicing in God's initial conviction of our sin in our hearts that drew us to him as our Savior, and let's also pray for his continued conviction of any sin that we may be harboring or nurturing in our hearts, sin that keeps us from loving him or serving him like he saved us to, saved us to do. And now it is time to discover a new or little known hymn. Guess what? I'm still on a McChaney kick, so I want to share with you a shorter hymn by Robert McChaney. In the stanza we just looked at, all about the Holy Spirit's work of conviction in his heart, McChaney summed it up at the very beginning when he said, When free grace awoke me. Continuing that theme of grace, he also wrote a hymn that is called Grace Acknowledged in C.H. Spurgeon's hymnal, and sometimes you'll see it in other hymnals as When This Passing World Is Done. I am going to read to you the shorter version that is found in Spurgeon's hymnal, number 247. When I stand before the throne, dressed in beauty, not my own, when I see thee as thou art, love thee with unsinning heart, then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. Chosen not for good in me, wakened up from wrath to flee, hidden in the Savior's side, by the Spirit sanctified, teach me, Lord, on earth to show by my love how much I owe. Off I walk beneath the cloud, dark as midnight's gloomy shroud. But when fear is at the height, Jesus comes and all is light. Blessed Jesus, bid me show doubting saints how much I owe. All right, now it is time to close with our Take It With You segment. 
Can you guess what our action step for our Take It With You segment is going to be here? I think you can. Record an audio clip of you sharing the title of the meaningful hymn to you and why it's meaningful to you, and then send it my way. I may just include it in a future episode. Be sure to go to hymnsillustrated.com slash podcast to see more detailed instructions. Thanks for listening to Hymns Illustrated. If you were blessed by what you heard today, you can say thank you by leaving a review on iTunes, sharing the show with a friend, or by shopping at christianbook.com using the affiliate link in the show notes. All of these gestures keep Hymns Illustrated going and growing. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep your hymnal open. Thank you.